wasn't until I stopped and tried to walk through how I was going to approach my daughter and break that cycle that I kind of formed a little bit of empathy for, you know, the man out there that I don't know. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal list. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm excited that you're with us today, and I'm going to introduce my guest. His name is Mike Martin. And Mike describes himself as an author, an outdoorsman, a backwoods philosopher, and a father. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Roger, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, this is going to be great. Very sensitive topic uh, and something you crossed off your list. So I appreciate you being here and being vulnerable about it. So what was that item that you crossed off your list? I think the easiest way to say it is personal redemption. because. I've made a lot of wrong choices throughout my life and I had an opportunity where I got to reach back into the past and correct something that needed to be corrected. And I found my estranged dog. Wow. That's a, that takes a lot of work. What to you, what does it mean to be estranged from your daughter first so we can get that out of the way? I hadn't seen her in about eight and a half years. And she was how old when you reached out? She was 10. She was 10. And um, so what did that, how did that first go? Did you, did you, had you kept contact with the mother or was it, was it something that you had to do outside of that relationship? How'd that work for you? Um, you know what, between me and the mother, we had gone and split completely. There was no ties. There was no connection, no uh, communication or anything. And um I had reached out a few times over the course of the years to no avail. And I finally got myself in a position mentally where it was time and I was ready not to give my daughter, you know, the best version of myself. And I reached out, was told that she didn't want it, hmm. but it had to be done. So I went through the court system and got the opportunity to go face to face with her. And it was quite the experience. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect walking into it. I think my uh, joke to break the ice was because it was at a park of the river. You know, you're allowed to stab me and throw me in the river. <laughs> <laughs> and her response being, I don't do that to family members, especially ones that I don't quite know. Okay. And, uh, you know, that kind of opened up the door. And from there, I kind of, did a lot of reflecting on myself and the situation as it was unfolding, taking into account a lot of different stoic teachings that I've learned along the way through philosophy and applying them to the situation. You know, the mother was combative. My daughter was kind of hesitant, mm -hmm. maybe even unwilling. So I needed all that. You know, I needed to face all of those things. So, you, so let's go back a little bit. You said that you you had to work on yourself. 
before yeah. you were really ready? What what did that look like for you? Well, I've always suffered with depression and anxiety. Mm. And I've made a lot of wrong decisions based on that. You kind of find those filler moments that you throw yourself into because you think it's going to erase the problems. Meanwhile, you lose touch with the things that you value and you should have in your life that you deserve. And when that last filler ended, I was alone and I realized, hey, I'm not going to let these outside filler moments define who I am. I can reach in and I can construct myself in a way that I can live to my values and be able to speak to myself and use my own voice. And that's what I did. And as I gained momentum, then it was now is the time, now I'm ready to be able to show up and give the authentic version of myself. Mm. What was that first meeting like? How, what were you feeling inside before you <laughs> saw her? And then once you saw her, what was that like? I would say walking into the park felt like, I can only imagine Davy Crockett felt at the Alamo. <laughs> You know that you're going to die. However, the message that you're standing there fighting for is something you believe so deeply in that you're willing to give up whatever it takes. Mm. And when I saw her walk over the hill, it was like one of those moments that play out very slow motion mm-hmm. where you just realize that you've given a little girl something that she deserved to have you change the narrative of her life but which is the most important aspect but on the same point you've given yourself back something mm. and that was one of the most amazing feelings that is really difficult to put into words yeah i can imagine what were what were some of the things that you, you prepared a joke which is probably good for breaking the ice but what were some of the other things that you think were helpful that day that you said or that you did that kind of eased the way for you to continue to, to, to pursue this relationship? I would have to say that would be the fact that I provided a safe, authentic, stable situation environment for her to begin to feel things out and you know begin to get comfortable i mean even to this day we're still you know in that awkward situation mm-hmm. she's on her teenage years and you know it's always difficult but i when i committed to it if i said i was going to be somewhere or do something mm. i've always seen it through and that's something that is really a building block because it builds the trust factor and it kind of gives you a opportunity to start to engage and get to know each other. What was the, what's the one thing that you walking into that situation that you, that you wanted her to know about you in this process? Well, what did you want to impart to her about yourself that you felt like was important to be able to mend that relationship? I would have to say that the biggest thing that I wanted her to know was that my absence was not her fault. 
Hmm. And when I told her that, it seemed like it lifted something off of her shoulders. And that really kind of set things in motion. And that came, you know, within the first two hours of the siege. You, you said it's an ongoing process, and I'm sure it is. And running into the teenage years, that's, you know, <laughs> it gets more weird as you go. I have, I have grown children now, so I, I, I know what teenage years feel like uh, being a parent. But what's it like now? As she's a teenager, what is, are there new barriers, or are there, is there, or are there just continued old ones? Like, how, how's it working for you now? There, there's still kind of that hesitancy, you know, like we're this far down the road, and we're kind of in a position where she's trying to define herself within, you know, the structure of, you know, my life and me within hers. And there's that hesitancy to have a lot of those hard conversations because at that age, you're not exactly ready to understand or comprehend them. So we tend to steer away from those as much as possible. But, um, you know, there, there's become this understanding that, you know, based off the advice, say I'm going to be there, or you call on me, I'm going to be there, is built that kind of trust factor and freedom for her to be able to work herself in and weave into it as she's comfortable with, which, you know, obviously takes a lifetime to learn where you fit in, regardless of whether that parent was absent or not. Right. How, how does it, do you think empathy plays into this empathy on your side for her empathy for you from her where how does empathy fall into this um, process i think the way that i viewed it was because it was me that took myself away from her that took her father out it's been my job and my place to carry the empathy and the understanding and give her that freedom you know like when she for example is having a hard day or there's something that comes up she doesn't want to talk to me about Okay, I understand that. Mm. You know, it's not going to change anything as far as whether or not I stick around. And even if you do lash out with something that you might think is hurtful, it still don't change anything. It'll still be there. And those are kind of like the key points that you got to keep emphasizing over and over again. And I find it funny how, like, that little footprint of that phrase and that action tends to get laid down because um, obviously, you know, as we said, your mother's day was in the rear view mirror. And that was the weekend that she was with me, which was pretty awkward mm. <laughs> given, you know, the, the holiday. And there, you know, there was total defiance about wanting to express to me what was going on. So I had to kind of solve, problem solve it, figure it out. And I think through that, even though she was uncomfortable with the situation, being empathetic and being able to problem solve it really laid a positive footprint that down the road is going to germinate another branch in that relationship. We will be right back with more of Mike's story after this. What is the status of your bucket list? Are you still wrapping your head around the purpose of having one? 
Are you struggling to write your list and don't know what to put on it? Or are you looking at your list wondering which item to cross off first? No matter where you are in your bucket list journey, I'm here to assist you in becoming the head crosser offer of your list. To learn how to work with me as your bucket list coach, visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash coaching to find out all about the personalized and affordable coaching I offer to help you live out your list. Now back to the show. Yeah, I had a um, tenuous relationship with my father growing up. It, it wasn't um, an estrangement at all. We <clears throat> kept in contact and saw each other and did holidays and those kind of things. But we definitely had a tumultuous first 32 years <laughs> of my existence. <laughs> and, and for me, it was really you know, coming to a point in my life as an, as an adult or emerging adult that I was never taught to have as a child was never taught to have empathy for my parents. You know, I mean, it's, I appreciate your vulnerability to say, Hey, I I caused this, or, you know, I was the major factor in what's going on. But in the, I think in the fixing process or the repair process, children of, you know, adult children of, of, you know, parents, they've got to figure out, you know, empathy and an understanding that you've been through stuff. You were, you were going through stuff. You, you know, talked about anxiety and depression. And um, I remember my dad not always being there uh, emotionally for me. And he would right. sit, he would sit in a recliner chair with his headphones on and listen to, you know, seventies music and, um, which I've turned out to love, but it, but it, I was always resentful that he, you know, it's like, why can't you engage with me here? And, and I never, I never, until I was 32, 35 years old, did I realize, wow, what, what a crappy life he had growing up that, you know, parents that were super, you know, not nice. And, and that held him back from really, being able to bond, right? And the lack of that really didn't enable him. And and so I, you know, once I think I found empathy for that, I think that's when I was able to to be able to do that, to be able to sit back and say, okay, these are the reasons why these things happened, and and it's you know, it, he took responsibility for him, but it was definitely me not giving him any grace um, for being a human. It's like we don't, we don't we're not taught this kids taught to respect our parents, not to, not to give them grace or to empathize with them. See, I think that's just something, you know, as you just said, we're not taught that as children. Mm -hmm. It's something that I'm not even sure can really be taught. It's more of an experience that you gain the knowledge based on, you know, walking through the different stages or different chapters of life. Because, you know, um, one of the, key aspects that made the you know the distance the absence so easy is the fact that i grew up in the same situation Mm -hmm. my father wasn't there and it wasn't until i stopped and tried to walk through how i was going to approach my daughter and break that cycle Mm -hmm. that i kind of formed a little bit of empathy for you know, the man out there that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just based on, you know, I, I've i heard stories. 
I met you for 20 minutes here, maybe 20 minutes there. And granted, I don't have a great picture. Right. I've got enough of the puzzle pieces to be like, okay, well, I understand you're going through this, going through that. So maybe if I faced you now, my thoughts or my interaction may be just a tad bit different. As opposed to 20 minutes before my grandmother's funeral, hmm. get finding out not only about the funeral, but the fact that I was going to meet my father, showing up and being like, oh, yeah, I'm an adult with, with kids of my own now. What you, what's the point? There's a lot to process for sure. I'm going to ask you a question. You can answer it. You don't answer it. I'll, I'll cut it out if you don't. But how, since you started this process, how has her mother, has her mother's impression changed? Has she been more supportive or is it still a work in progress with that as well? See, that's that right there is kind of like the point that I find humorous out of it and yet still kind of perplexing because we started this out it was kind of like World War III. Mm. I literally felt like I was playing a bat for a battle every time I had to interact. And by the time we went back to court for the finalized, you know, everything, the judge listened to the story and kind of chuckled us out of the courtroom saying that we didn't need them anymore <laughs> because we had formed this, you know, working relationship. And um, a couple months back at the start of where I'm at now, she was texting me and goes, oh, by the way, we're friends now, too. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny how, you know, you have a relationship with somebody and it tears apart. You end up willing or unwilling, bitter enemies. Yeah. And then you come full circle and you're friends again. That's a, that's good to hear. I'm glad that I'm glad that's been your experience. A lot of times people put items on their bucket list that are, you know, joyful things, right? Not <laughs> things that require you to buy a travel <laughs> ticket, right? You know, airline ticket. And they're not necessarily things that, you know, are hard, but they do bring joy. So my question to you is, is, has this process brought you joy? This process has brought me joy every single day since I started. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> glad to hear that. What is, uh, if you had like one lesson you've learned or taught yourself, I guess, through this process that you would share with other people um, that are maybe going through the same situation, what would you tell them to help them um, make their situation better or be more successful? I would have to say, considering my outlook and a lot of the things that I've been through, not just on this subject matter, but in life in general, all these bad things that happen to you, they're not unfortunate that they're happening. Mm. You're fortunate that they're happening to you because only you are going to be able to deal with them with the grace and the substance to get through that the way that you do. And it'll also shape who you become. Mm. So everything that you face and that happens to you in the day, you need it. But with the catch to that being, you have to be a good steward of yourself 
and not just take the stimuli and react within mm. the moment. You got to calculate what you do. Think the plan through and how it relates to the long-term objective. Yeah, we're we're always so quick to um, quick to offense. I think sometimes more than we need to be, and if we just stop and slow down, like you said, and think about you know what what's really going on here. What you know, where how do I have to respond to it? How do I have to react to it? Then just automatically thinking the worst and being defensive. I think sometimes that's uh that's not the best the best route. What is something else on your bucket list completely different than this that you want to cross off? Completely different than this. I think it's uh, probably to live out some of these wild outdoor adventures that I have. All right, name them. What do you you got? Number one, go out and have a successful stock on a bear. Okay. Have you never you never you never done that before, or, or you haven't had you've had unsuccessful stocks, and or you just want one that's successful, or have you done it? All right, let me let me rewind it and say, first of all, successfully draw a tag. I've never drawn a bear tag, so I've never had the actual opportunity. Okay, just the the whole thing in general would be, I feel, a great experience. And is there is there something that's reason that it's a bear and not an elk or or something else? Is why a bear? You know, that's a funny story because um, a lot of my life shift and everything came around my second divorce. Mm. And uh, the joke that I developed was, you know, you hit your midlife crisis. Well, my ex-wife uh, hit hers and decided she was going to run off with somebody else. I hit mine and decided I wanted to go chase down a bear. <laughs> had the chance I had my face ripped off. <laughs> yeah (laughs) divorce and that probably feel a little bit of the same so (laughs) i understand that um awesome uh i hope you get that chance to do that mike where can people find you online if if they want to get more information i know you've got a book that you're working on and have already some you've already published but what where can people find you well i'm the voice of the project mindfully outdoors podcast you can listen to that. You can it airs daily. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else. All the other podcast directories. Um, can you give website, us a Can you give us a quick synopsis of the show and what it's about? Yeah, it's uh, a couple days a week. I do basically a philosophy section where I tie outdoor skills into everyday life. Okay, so. Say, for example, how I talked earlier about stewardship, mm-hmm. I tie the practice of land stewardship into the concept of self self stewardship. And nice. the example that I gave earlier about taking the stimuli and kind of holding it in your hand long enough to just turn in with an educated set of eyes whether or not it's going to play out and you know help your objective as opposed to just acting and having to go back and say, for example, with the buffalo, Mm. how they were once abundant. And then we found out throughout the series of evolution that the more pieces that you put into work, the easier life gets. And they just hunted the buffalo in their their extinction. 
they may have thought about it. They may not have. Point is, they still did it. Yeah. And now we're still recovering. Right. And, you know, you can apply that to your everyday life and the principle of it. Yeah. That sounds like a great show. You said you have a website? Yeah. The website is projectmindfullyoutdoors.wordpress.com. And then we're on Facebook and Instagram, Project Mindfully Outdoors, or you can look me up personally, Mike Martin. All right. I will put all those in the show notes so that folks can click them and get to them right away. Mike, I really appreciate you coming on and being so vulnerable about this uh, bucket list item. And um, I wish you all the success in furthering that relationship. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time, the opportunity, and, you know, it's really a subject that needs to get out there. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for being here, Mike. Thank you. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. <laughs> <laughs>